0: evening, Mendonesia, including Sonoma County, and, uh, and Lake County, and Southern Humboldt County, and all of Mendocino County. Uh, this is Doug Livingston. Welcome to the Renewable Energy Hour, and with me, as always, is, or as almost always, is Alex <laughs> Aragon, my co-host. Hey, Alex, how are you doing? As usual. <laughs> as usual? Meaning exhausted, because you're working too hard?
1: Uh, I haven't been working so much today, I hurt my back. Oh, well. Joy is a physical laborer in your 50s, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm in my 60s now, so. As you can tell from our uh, theme music. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, today we have a guest from Sonoma Clean Power. He's the director of the Advanced Energy Center, Chad Assey. Uh, Welcome to the show, Chad. Oh, thank you.
2: Um,
0: Before... uh, before we start talking about Sonoma Clean Power, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, where are you from? What have you done before this? What got you into this? Well,
2: I, <clears throat> yeah, it's an interesting question my family asks. I, uh, I <laughs> came from the ski industry, hotel, hospitality industry. We, My wife and I relocated to this area from uh, Park City, Utah, where we worked in hotels and, and uh, ran a ski resort area there. Um, moving here, I was a manager of of hotel, uh, a couple hotels in Lake County and in Sonoma County, and did some hotel and resort development. So my my background is mainly in, uh, you know, construction development and, and resort management. Um, but I left the resort world years ago to to just kind of change pace and do do more for my my soul. And I worked in homelessness for the Community Development Commission for the Sonoma County for the County of Sonoma uh, for a few years. And then I was drawn over to uh, Sonoma Clean Power. But I'm also a planning commissioner for the city of Cloverdale. My wife and I live in the city of Cloverdale, and we're pretty invested in the future of this area of California.
0: Just a hop, skip, and jump down the road.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're always in Mendocino County as well.
0: Yeah. Well, uh uh, tell us, well, maybe first tell us about Sonoma Clean Power. We were just chatting before the show about their people who are on Sonoma Clean Power don't even know it, so maybe you should yeah. say a little uh, bit it's... about that before we dive into their uh, Advanced Energy Center.
2: Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, Sonoma Clean Power is a public agency. We are a public electrical power provider for Sonoma and Mendocino County, with the exceptions of the city of Ukiah and the city of if you're living in the unincorporated areas of those, you could and should be a Sonoma Clean Power customer. Almost 88% of uh, eligible customers in both counties are Sonoma Clean Power customers. Um, and so we're a public energy provider, so we buy the electrical power and then we transfer it on PGE's lines to your home. And so we're the, and so e is also an electrical buyer, uh, but we do it for a better rate and we do it with uh, as clean of sources as possible. Our, our normal package of energy is about 93% clean, and 7% of that is uncontrollable through contracts we have with PG&E. We have contracts with coal or oil or gas, um, other forms of energy that we can't control because of those contracts. But we're 93% clean on our normal package. We have a, a, a better uh, power package that you can pay a little bit more a month, which I'm a customer of, which is called Evergreen. And that is one-of-a-kind, or at least was one-of-a-kind until two weeks ago. It is 100% renewable, it is 100% local, and it is 24 hours of energy. You know, the sun works during the day, but the sun doesn't work at night. And so many places around the world can't have a 24-hour package. And because of the geysers and the geothermal activity we have here in our area, we are lucky enough to have a package of 100% our energy and so the more we can invest in that, and, and all of our revenues, we're not-for-profit. So all of our revenues go back into investing in more local energy, or it goes back into programs to help people in their homes and businesses to lower their energy use so that they uh, you know, conserve energy and help combat the climate change.
0: But well, you also work to get people to convert from burning gas and wood into doing it with electricity.
2: You're right. We, we do it. Our, our focus is on what is most impactful to lower GHG or to reduce your carbon imprint or to really combat the climate crisis. So we, we try to focus on what is the most impactful um, way to do that. And our first uh, mission, and it was really popular a few years ago, was called our Drive EV program, where we incentivize electric vehicles. And we now have the highest per capita area in the country of electric vehicles and you can see that on the roads. you see how many electric vehicles are out there in our area but you go to other parts other states or other parts of california not near the highest percentages we have here we had a very successful program but we we want to pivot we want to stay on top of things and and be what's most innovative and so we pulled our financials back from that program and and now we're investing in infrastructure because we know another challenge to the electric vehicle market is having chargers everywhere And so we want to put chargers in every city, and we want to really make it easy for people to invest in electric vehicles. That's the biggest thing you can do to combat the climate crisis. Um, And then what I do specifically is to kind of teach you simple solutions or ways to combat it at home. And that's what the Advanced Energy Center is for, is really to teach you about all of this, but uh, teach you how you can do this at home.
0: Well, uh, speaking of, you you sounded like you were withdrawing from supporting the electric vehicle program. You still offer free Chargers to customers, right? Yeah, Yeah, uh,
2: free chargers to all of our customers. I'm in line for the next vehicle that is, I think, going to be a game changer. I'm in line for the Ford F-150 Lightning. Yeah, that sounds crazy. That that, that truck has 10 outlets, regular 110 outlets and two 220 outlets, and it's it's so built for the average individual, but yet it's an electric vehicle, and it's three times more powerful than their other Ford 150.
0: -150, uh, Living in the boonies, as we do here, uh, and with... Uh, we, every time we have a show on electric vehicles for the past 10 years, it's, when's are going to be a pickup truck?
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think even living in the city now, why, you, you, you want to have a pickup truck because, you know, it's, it could be a gas guzzler. Well, that's no longer the case. So, you know, pick a pickup truck anywhere with this new one. Yeah.
0: So, uh, what are some of the ways that the Advanced Energy Center, uh, can help you within the home?
2: Within the home, uh... Well, so I, I lead a research project called the Lead Locally uh, Project, and we're testing in our community in both Mendocino and Sonoma County. We're testing in businesses and in homes about 12 different technology types. And of those uh, types, we're seeing three major types that are the best and most impactful to our, our climate. Now, you know, these manufacturers are in different states, and they test in their own region and they have their own results we will soon have the results of what they are here in our area. And that's different from Fort Bragg as it is to Petaluma as it is to Cloverdale. They're all three different climate zones. Mm-hmm. And so it would be interesting to see the savings of these different tech types. And you can learn about that at the Energy Center, and we would make different recommendations for different technologies depending on where you live. Uh, and, and if you live out in the as you said, uh, you, you can probably see a different recommendation for heating than you would – Maybe uh, someone in Cloverdale who really needs a lot of cooling. Um, But the three tech types that I would make recommendations on, the one that is uh, probably the biggest, uh, has the most combustion, and is the worst for the environment uh, in the home is the water heater. So you want to switch out your water heater. Uh, Water heaters last about 10 years. The state has a goal to make you switch out water heaters by 2035. And so if you think about that, you've got to learn what the best water heater is in the next, uh, in this next life cycle, because when you go to replace your water heater, you need to replace it with the right type of water heater. And, uh, we can teach you about that. And right now we're incentivizing it $3,100 off that water heater. So pretty much the equipment is free. Um, if you come down to the advanced energy center and get that water heater, and that, that uh, but there, it's,
0: that's a heat pump water heater.
2: It is called a, a heat pump water heater. It's a reverse air conditioning unit. So an air conditioning unit normally expels, um, it expels hot water as it's trying to force out cool air. Well, if you flip that around, this heat pump water heater is forcing out hot water at a high rate, and it really conserves the energy and conserves water by doing it. And then its its cause and, and side effect is to kick out cool air. So if you strategically put this water heater in your garage or in a closet, you now have a chilled space to store things in. Um, we're... we're really helping wineries get these into rooms where they can store wine and other areas, and that's where you can, you can put your water heater now. Um, also, it doesn't have combustion, so it's not as, uh, it's, it's healthier in the home uh, than what you would have if you have a gas water heater. And, but it's a lot more efficient. It's about 70% more efficient than your water heater, your gas water heater or your static water heater that you currently have right now. Yeah, so yeah, it's, so most, it's uh,
0: seven, 70% less electricity to heat the same amount of water than a standard electric tank heater?
2: Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow, 70% less energy, so you're taking less gas and electricity, uh, so you can save it on your gas bill and on your electrical bill. Um, Your second probably most impactful item to change out in your home would be your HVAC system if you have it. Um, Some people don't have HVAC systems, so that's not going to be your your second most impactful thing, and then it would be your your stovetop. Whether you have an electric stovetop or you have a gas stovetop, there is a lot more efficiency to switching to a new magnetic form of cooking, which is called induction. Now, t- so, tell me
0: about that. I don't know that I've ever even seen an induction range. I've been hearing about them forever, but I'm just not familiar yeah, with them. They're, they're, they're inducing electrical currents in the food or in the pans, or how, how are they working?
2: Magnetically, they connect to the cookware. So the cookware has to be magnetic. So if you take any magnet with you to the store and if it sticks, it will work. Okay. Um, but the stovetops are meant to magnetically connect. They are extremely top of the art. They have Bluetooth capability. You can you can actually cook through your phone. Um, they have Bluetooth capability now in the cookware so you can actually see inside the pot exactly to what degree the temperature is getting. I, we do demonstrations down at the Advanced Energy Center where we'll cook on top of a $20 bill and it does not burn the $20 bill. But the funny thing is, Uh, In America, we don't know about induction. But in Europe and Asia, everyone has this. And the Michelin-rated, the top chefs in America already know about induction. They've already switched over to induction years ago. This is nothing new to the culinary world. It's just to the average individual. And that's because we're kind of uh, a little old in our thinking of how we live. We, We believe still to this day that we need to cook off fire and we need to heat our homes off fire. When in reality, you can cook with water power and you can heat your home with wind. So it's it's it, the game has changed a lot. Wow.
1: So hold on, let me let me straighten things out a little bit here. So, Sonova Clean Power is the energy provider. We can actually like. Have our power bought through uh, Sonoma Clean Power? We can choose these different uh, these different rates of how much is renewable energy, how much is clean energy. But they also Sonoma Clean Power also operates the Advanced Energy Center as like an institute to check out technologies that are beneficial to us.
2: Yeah, you, you really need to come down and look at the Advanced Energy Center in person to get a, a, a true aspect of it. It's one of a kind. It's award winning. It won the North Bay uh, Architectural Design Award. Um, it is three parts. It's one part, an education center. And we primarily want to teach the building community. We need our builders, our electricians, our plumbers to learn this new way of installing and these new appliances that are available to our homes. And we want so to teach them to install it at a better hub, rate. I so- up,
1: uh, your website, the Sonoma Clean Power Advanced Energy Center, and I see the education oh. hub. And I look down below there and I see all these different... Uh, like workshops and classes offering a mm-hmm. triad induction cooktop today and benefits of battery storage and uh, different types of heat pumps. So you have a lot of information on here that's just readily available. Yep. You guys also have classes on site as well, huh? On site and online. Yeah. So, so We
2: we try not to do anything just on site. Everything will be on site and online because of the world we live in right now with COVID. Because we represent Mendocino and Sonoma counties, it's tough for people to make it down to the Advanced Energy Center person. So we're always going to try to put it online as well. We also try to put it online just for reference for you to, to go back and historically watch it. And, and you'll see as things evolve, because we're always going to have the most innovative classes there, um, those will always be available to you online to, to see those. In fact, we have a class coming up on the 27th that is specifically about understanding the residential heat pumps. And, and heat pumps is that what I was telling you about the reversing the air conditioning unit. Mm-hmm. So there's a class on HVAC and water heaters. There's two different forms of heat pumps that are out there, and you're going to hear of this new way of living where we're going to be using a water heater to store your energy, and you'll put an air handler on one end, and you'll put the chiller outside like you see an air conditioning unit, and that three-part system is called a hydronic system, and that's going to allow you to heat and cool your home and heat and cool your water with the same system using the same little efficient amount of energy. Um, It's a game-changer on energy efficiency, and that's what our study is showing is the best uh, best system out there, but it's also the most complex system to understand, so it, it takes builders a bit to go back to school and, and learn about that. But it's going to be, how, I mean, you're going to see that uh, water heaters are going to store energy like a battery. Um, we we talked about batteries for homes to, to withstand these power outages, but in the future, we can start to store energy in our batteries. Uh, sorry. Start to store energy in our in our water heaters.
0: Yeah, but you're going to need some batteries in order to keep running during the power outage.
2: Not if your uh, water heater becomes your battery. Well, and you'll see the EVs uh, and EV, uh, and you're going to hear about EVs like the, the Ford Lightning that uh, they will auto disconnect and they'll allow you to live off of the car and switch back. So you're going to uh, see um, grid to EV discussions going forward for the next few years. Um, there's going to be companies coming out to help you just attach to the older EVs who don't have that capability built into them. You'll see uh, devices coming out that will help you connect to those to connect to the home that allow you to survive some of these outages.
0: Yeah, the the older EVs don't have a way to, don't have a connection. They've got an input. Can you run backwards through that? Or do you have to put in you know, a New devices, yeah.
2: There's an adapter that you can buy that you can put that in there, yeah.
0: Okay, wow, cool. Very
2: cool. but, but some of the new generation cars are coming with that built into them um, and then you know tied in with a lot of the, the batteries the home batteries that you're seeing those have those built into them to be able to connect and disconnect through your EV as well so uh, a new evolution of, of living to survive a lot of these outages without having to go buy a gas generator um, or just to, to suffer through without power you'll be able to survive it through through new modern technology
0: well, my, my uh, father-in-law has a plug-in hybrid and he thought that that would be an interesting backup because, you know, if it were extended outage and, and and the batteries eventually went dead, he could still fire up the engine. And that gave him some security, I guess is the right word. Um, yeah. But yeah, the F-150 is, is exciting. And is it, is it still on schedule?
2: Well, they're, they're coming out right now. They're in the area, but it seems like every company has a great EV coming out. I, I, we went to uh, – we have a switch rally where we teach uh, the younger generation how to be in the mechanics of EVs. It's um, through our CTE foundation – or through the CTE foundation and, and a, a company called Switch Vehicles. And so we have seven vehicles out through our community. And then we had a rally, and we had a bunch of the new EVs there and talking with those uh, those manufacturers – It's it's an ever evolving or evolution to to vehicles. Everyone's coming out with one, and they're all trying to top each other with better batteries, better uh, range, and uh, better uh, you know amenities to the vehicle, which is really impressive as well.
0: Well, now what we need is more charging stations out in the field.
2: Yeah, exactly, and that's where our focus is on workplace charging, on uh, coming up with better uh, programs to allow. Uh, chargers in, in really remote areas. Uh, you'll see char- I've, I've seen new chargers up in Fort Bragg and mm-hmm. other areas that are uh, you know along the coastline where it's been difficult to put chargers.
0: Yeah, there are um, so there that's
2: are, mainly our next focus there.
0: There are several public access chargers here in Anderson Valley. Um There's several at the brewery, the Anderson Valley Brewing Company, and there's one at Yeah. Greenwood Winery. I expect there's more than that. Um, yeah. So they're coming. Are you guys uh, putting in public charging stations or just supporting the, the residential ones for your customers?
2: We are. We did a program recently where we had a bunch of the different cities could apply and we picked a, a group. We focused on the more remote and we focused on areas in need the most to, to put those chargers. And that's mainly our focus with our, our programs team who are working on that electric vehicle. Solution. Um, I, I wouldn't say that we would never come back with our dry DD program again. That could happen, but our focus is morely on mainly on infrastructure and on trying to get the programs with people who work because uh, you know commuting to and from uh, work and people who are having to go to work. It'd be great to have some workplace charging so that they whatever they're commuting with is more or less impactful on our, our on our environment. And then, like I said, our Vets Energy Center is a center that's teaching about how to do this in your home and just simple solutions for your home, um, which is something all of us can do, whether you're driving to work or if you're not driving at all.
0: So what are some of the the courses that are available online, either in the future or ones you can retroactively view online?
2: Yeah, we just taught a course on, uh, you know, just the simple Simplicity of, of changing out your yard tools and your, your, your basic hand tools that you have around the home. So, your DIY tools, I would call them, and using electric. In fact, I, I had the pleasure of testing some of them uh, last week, and it was impressive to see just a chainsaw, this electric chainsaw. And, I, and, and working at this ski resort in Utah, I had a whole uh, cut crew, and I, I saw what they had to do with the oiling and, and that of their, their chainsaws, and I thought there's no way that this electric chainsaw could, could really compete. And I was impressed. Um, the, the trimmers and blowers, just to go all electric in that that uh, fashion, is something you simply could do around your home. We teach uh, chef events at the Advanced Energy Center where you can do cook-alongs or side by side with the chefs. You can come down in person. You can see it on on videos, um, and that teaches you about induction. And the cool thing about induction, like I was starting to say earlier, is it is ninety percent efficient. That means only 10% of the energy escapes out the top of the cookware. When you cook with gas, it's only 30% efficient. 70% is going out the side. That's why you see flames. That's why your kitchen gets hot. That's why they have to require a hood. That's required because of the emissions.
0: And and you're not including the extra air conditioning running that has to happen to take that heat back out.
2: Nope, nope, none of that. Just strictly what you're losing out the side of the cookware, and that's why it takes a little bit longer to, to cook. But induction boils water, a gallon of water in a minute and 20 seconds. Wow. That will take eight to nine minutes to do that. Wow. So that's why the, the, the Michelin-rated restaurants have already switched over to this, because they can boil six gallons of water in, in one to three minutes when it used to take them closer to 20 to 30 minutes to do that. So uh, it saves a lot of time on their menu. It's not emitting the steam and, and the the heat into the kitchen, so their kitchen's a little more friendly to work in. And then we have a heat recovery dish machine we talk about, and that doesn't even kick out steam. And so it only uses 15 quarts of water a day. Those combined, in, in a commercial kitchen, your kitchen's now so much more friendly to, to use. Um, there's a Grange up in uh, Willits that's now switching over to all of these electric appliances because... Uh, they've learned a lot from the Advanced Energy Center and are working towards electrification. in Their kitchen, just for the comfort of their, their team.
0: Now, do they have solar yet there at that grange?
2: I'm not sure on their total package of their project. I, I, I believe they're going. They're getting really inclusive on a lot of items. But
0: yes, the, the, the grange in Anderson Valley has solar. <laughs> brag, brag. Come on, Willets. Actually, they probably have it.
1: This too now. So what's that, I Alex? Willets does have uh, solar on the grange. They do, yeah. Okay, oh,
0: cool. Yeah. cool, cool, cool. Uh, so I take back my tease. Wilts yeah. has always okay, been the Go ahead, Chad. Um, but
2: one other thing we talk about at the Advanced Energy Center is it is a cooperative marketplace. So we have a demonstration area right at the front where we demonstrate you know, almost thirty different uh, brands and technology types. It's a free public agency space, so the, the, the brands like Mitsubishi and Fujitsu can, for free, put their devices on the floor and be connected through our website to purchase those, those items. Um, and for that reason, we just ask them to give us our best local price. And at the same time, we need to try to make these affordable. The more efficient appliance types aren't always the most affordable appliances. You can find a lot cheaper uh, appliance with a gas appliance or less effective appliance. Um, so we wanted to make them affordable. So that's where SEP's incentives and our discounts are layered onto that. Um, and in the water heater, for example, like I said earlier, it's $3,100 off the water heater when a water heater could be two to $3,000 alone just in the equipment. So you could get it for free. Um, so trying to make it competitive. trying to make it affordable. When you're looking to replace anything in your home, you should come down there and learn about what is best to put in your home and really find out about all of the financial assistance available to you through our programs, We also teach you about other programs in the area so you can learn about how to to make that affordable. Um, And then we have a 0% loan program up to $10,000 that if, you know, you have additional costs to get that installed, you can have that covered under that 0% loan and have that put on your energy bill.
0: Wow. That's a fun noise. Where's that noise coming from? I'm not sure. Alex, what are you doing up there?
1: <laughs> Nothing I can hear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Uh, I definitely heard it. He heard it. But all right. Uh, yeah, I
1: can
0: hear it. It's it's paused for a moment. Um, so uh, just give out your website so people curious can know exactly where to go.
2: Yeah, it's at the Advanced Energy. Or it's dot and you can contact us uh, it's it's actually in downtown santa rosa it's on fourth street so if you're familiar with the russian river brewery there on fourth street we're a couple doors down from that um near E street on fourth street uh, It's at 741 fourth street and then you can call us at any time or you can go on our website and, and contact us through the website and we can schedule you for uh, an experience there where we can give you some private um a, a private tour and information really uh, kind of cater your needs and uh you can contact us at 707 708 0444 is the number for the advanced energy center it's it's open tuesday through friday 10 to 6 and saturday 10 to 4 we are closed sunday and monday but uh we try to meet the needs of people who are coming after work so they're open till six a little later um to try to help them out
0: hey we're starting to get phone calls uh you mind open up the phone line to the listeners yeah, of course. All right. Let's see if this person hung on. Oh, they didn't hang on quite long enough. So let me invite everyone. Uh, I'm in the Philo Studio, the Ron O'Brien Studio, and the studio line is 707-895-2448. If you got a question for Chad or an experience you've had with the Advanced Energy Center or Sonoma Clean Power uh, that you want to let other listeners know, eight nine five two four four eight. And that listener is just calling. Feel free to call back. Um, yeah, well, it sounds like you guys are doing amazing work. And and I was thinking, it's odd that they their org because they're clearly a commercial company, but you're not. You're a nonprofit.
2: No, we are a nonprofit. We're uh, led by a lot of your elected officials or our board members. So we're a, a collaboration of all the cities and counties in Sonoma and Mendocino County with. The exception of Ukiah and Hillsburg, but uh, all the other, uh, you, we've been represented on all the other areas. Um, we've been in business since uh, 2014, and so we're kind of new. Uh, but we, like I said earlier, built a, a, an immediate financial structure to be self-supportive, and then we're very focused on combating the climate change. Uh, in fact, our our CEO just recently reminded us: our mission is not to make money or be an electric provider. Our mission is to combat the, the climate crisis and lower uh, carbon emissions in our community. And so that's our priority.
0: All right. Uh, I think we've got another caller. Hello, caller. You're live on the air.
3: Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Max. How's it going, Alex?
1: Hey, Matt. I'm doing well. How's it going?
3: Good, good, good. Great, great show. Uh, but I had, a, I had a couple of questions and uh, just a couple of uh, observations and the trends in and, and society and Kind of how we're being pushed onto uh, very unreliable computer-controlled uh, appliances and whatnot. I've actually gone the opposite direction. After having multiple "quote-unquote" efficient uh, modern propane appliances that have computer or, or some kind of a uh, electronic control board, they're always breaking down on me. I mean, I'm I've given up. So I actually went back to a 19 1980s 1970s those style with the only electrical use on the whole thing as a clock or maybe even an older one that has none and then you have a super reliable stove that doesn't break down right as soon as the warranty goes out and have to rely on all these complex electronics that are being made from unsustainable materials and heavy metals around the world so are, are you just really,
0: are you I'm off really grid furnished. by any chance yes i'm definitely off grid what's what's your inverter
3: uh my inverter is a connex
0: uh sw yeah, or a, XW.
3: The, the Schneider. The Schneider.
0: Well, that should be relatively clean power. I'm surprised you're having trouble with control boards. I know a lot of the older inverters, uh, which weren't you know, truly sine wave, uh, could be problematic for the small microprocessor boards in a lot of modern electronics, but I'm surprised to hear that on a Connect XW.
3: Yeah, I just follow a general a general principle of less electronics, the better. And then I have a quick question for Chad. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of curious as to what his thoughts are too. I've been concerned myself for this constant push away from gas and onto electric. Um, I mean, we already have a, a grid that's overtaxed and wasn't set up correctly to handle all this increase in power. Even in my local health food store, you know, now well, the one up in Humboldt County that I, I visit often, they have all these electronic uh, uh, menus on the wall. You know, it's your big computer. Screen, I mean, big uh, plasma screens. So everything is moving to electric, 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 and we're just increasing the demand on our grid. And when I did research into induction ovens, the average induction oven uh, for residential use, for like a house house of four people, uses 3,000 watts an hour. So imagine if the entire United States switched over to that, how much demand that would put on the grid. And you know, all of our power is mostly coming from coal and nuclear and and gas, anyways. So that would be. That's just a question I have for Chad. And then I have one more uh, suggestion on a really incredible solution that I found for cooking when I traveled uh, the world studying sustainable technologies uh, in Colombia and Brazil. What was that? Well, uh, that was a – I mean, that's the way I would cook. If I had a dream on how to cook, and I'd really like to set this up sometime in the future at my place. Basically, you you, you modify a a solar uh, water heater for your roof. And you modify it so that it becomes basically a small solar oven, and then you run, you run coils of stainless steel pipe through that, and you have a thermostat, and you have a pressure regulator, and you have a safety valve and all that type of stuff. But the basic principles is that you heat, you heat oil, you know, vegetable oil on your roof, uh, biodegradable vegetable oil, plentiful and waste supply all over this country and the world. And then you heat that, and then it gets circulated through, and then it goes through your oven and through your range. So you basically have a, a coil of stainless steel pipe right under a sheet of glass as your cooking surface. And then you, and, and some of them even have, like what, he, what Chad was mentioning, like an efficient little cauldron, so it captures more of the heat and loses less, of and the pot fits right in that little cauldron shape. And so you're using literally the sun to cook with, and the, and the oil in the system that I saw in Colombia and Brazil have been used for 30 years without ever being changed or ever having any leaks. Wow. So that's the kind of zero energy systems that I would like to cook with personally. Have
0: you ever played around with the solar box ovens? They can work pretty well.
3: Uh, yeah, definitely. But I mean, I'm talking about, it, I mean, on a modern day setup where you're not going to inconvenience the average person who still wants their modern conveniences, you wouldn't even notice that this is a different oven.
0: Yeah. All right. Cool. Lots of, lots of interesting ideas.
3: Yeah, and that, I
2: agree um, that in different countries, there's a lot of great ideas out there as well that we're not leading the way. There's so many other uh, opportunities out there to follow.
4: Hey,
3: what, what was your what was your opinion about that, Chad? What I was saying if the average if the average induction stove uses three thousand watts an hour. You know, yep. are you I, I think
2: it's a concern of ours as well. Um, you, you see, in Asia, they're electrifying and they're mandatorily making their country electrify immediately. So that's the mass scale electrification that's going on, and they are blowing their grid because they're all electrifying. They're electrifying their all bus systems, everything.
0: Um,
2: but they're not they're not preparing their grid for it. We're trying to be smart in our growth. Um, we aren't predicting a, a, a rapid growth, but we would love to to move it as fast as possible. We would love to have that problem because that means we're moving in the right direction to combat the climate crisis in the biggest scale possible. But there are solutions that we predict that can help work for our grid, and that's what we're focused on. And one is. The vehicle to grid, uh, opportunity out there. If, if you have this load influx of the vehicles, you can load shift onto the vehicle or from the vehicle. And in big cases of, uh, you know, surges and that this really makes it flexible and it's a lot easier for us to, uh, you know, cover for days where they're unpredictable weather uh, trends or other things where we would need to procure energy. Um, our demand response programs. Now, this is something that obviously doesn't fit your needs because you're off the grid and, and you're you're trying to reduce the amount of electronics in your appliances, which is uh, you know very valiant of you to try to uh, take that on. It's really impressive. I'd love to learn more about that. But we do have a demand response program that does work with those appliances who are smart devices, especially in the water heater and the, and the car charger and the smart thermostat. We have that ability where we can teach you to schedule it. And we, we actually pay our customers $25 just to sign up and they get paid for, the, for each event where they try to uh, manually adjust their lifestyle to um, lower the, the, the demand on the grid, and that can help us as a community. But I think uh, we need to change legislatively. The ability to add more municipal storage in every city, and I think we need to legislatively make it more able—you uh, know—give us the ability to microgrid at the home more freely and, and more—you know—openly. It's, it's shocking that uh, an average individual just can't disconnect from a meter, but they have to go through this whole legal process of of uh, getting that uh, ability. And I think cities need to be able to microgrid down into quadrants. Um, to really reduce different impacts on the grid d- during different times, and during emergent times, they can cut cut back and help save. And this could help you a, a fire prevention method as well.
0: And and I'd also like to point out that a typical old school electric range used can you know a heating element on high is about three thousand watts too. Except it's going to take longer yeah. to to boil that water than the induction, so the induction is still going to consume less. Yep.
2: Yeah, the static electric ones only heat the bottom of the cookware, and so that's what heats the food, but you're still, heat is escaping around. Induction really, it travels up the cookware and uses the whole cookware as much as possible, and so you start to see more efficiency. I would say that the static electric is more efficient than a gas. Yes. But I do, I'm impressed to hear about this new form of rooftop gas cooking. That's really impressive and very, you know
3: innovative, I think. Well, well the beauty is it's, it's not even a new technology. It's been practiced continually for 40, 40 years. Uh, are you familiar with it, uh, Alex? I think you you may have heard of it before. There's a famous uh, sustainable community and uh, renewable energy uh, site in Colombia called Gaviotis.
0: I've heard of so, Gaviotis, uh, yeah. I've heard of it as well, to.
3: Yeah. Hey, I, 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 I was lucky enough to do a tour there.
0: Hey, I've got uh, oh, nice. a full full call lines here, and I'd like to give somebody else a chance.
1: Thanks for the show, guys. Hey, sir. thanks
0: for the call. Bye-bye. Thanks
1: for the call. Max. I thought you said Matt before, but I hear that's Max. max. Sure. Yep. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> took
0: too long on that one. Let's see if this one's took too long on that one, too. Hey, call back, callers. Now I'm sad I cut Max off. Hello, caller. You're live on the air.
4: Hi. I just wanted to report a measurement I made on an induction oven at a friend's house recently. It was a just like a hot plate, sort of t- tabletop portable device, it had a 800 watt burner and a 500 watt burner. Okay. So if you were running both of them, you'd be under the 1500 watts, as typical for an, for a 15 amp
0: outlet. Yeah, for plugging in on regular anyway. 120. Hey, thanks for those numbers. That's and, right. and it's cool that they're available in small, you know, tabletop units instead of whole monster devices.
2: I will do one better. actually we, we allow you to check those out for 2 weeks for free just to check just to, and give you cookware to take with them so you can play with them and get used to them so we, we can loan you what they're called a hob a little one burner hob um but we we lend those out and, and we are we're trying to find uh, locations up in uh Mendocino County that are willing to partner with us to be a lending location. So any organizations that would love to to lend out, uh, you know, inductions or help us become a lending location, huh. so we can become more available to the
0: community. You might a- you might approach helpful. some of the granges. I know a lot of the granges might be interested. Yeah. like you've been working the, with the one in Willits already.
2: Hello, Tyler. Yeah, we do have these uh, DIY
0: tools. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, we're, we're trying to figure out who goes next. You're you're next. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, all right. I, I just have a
4: quick question on this uh, induction cooking. Um, can I roast a chicken or bake a loaf of bread, or is this a stovetop only kind of deal?
2: Great question.
4: Uh, it is stovetop
2: because stovetop is the the form of you know whether it's the uh, or the gas burners or the electric stovetops are what are losing most of the emissions or, or the. Energy. We recommend that if you do a combination of an oven and a stovetop, that you use a convection oven. Uh, again, we, we, we feel that gas is one of the more uh, uh, harmful products for the environment, and so you'd want to go to electric. And the, the most efficient form of electric oven cooking is a convection oven, where it circulates the air. And they do have convection oven induction combinations in fact every induction stovetop that is a combination with an oven is a convection oven because they know that that's the most efficient form
0: but you're not actually using huh? the induction technology when you're baking in the oven
2: no there's not using magnets inside the oven it's yeah. just your your standard Be- uh, because oh, okay.
0: it relies you're on a, a steel uh container to do the cooking yeah huh? yeah you're not losing yeah I
2: thought the
4: top that uh like uh Dutch oven kind of thing to maybe bake something, but that would be—I don't know how efficient that would be. But I was just, yeah, because yeah, I, I can't live without roast chicken. Yeah, so I you, agree with you. you, <laughs> you
2: incre- yeah.
0: You're still on a cast
4: convection iron oven. Also
2: works on induction. Yeah, cast iron is magnetic and can work on in- induction. Most cast irons do. So
4: it. you could almost do a Dutch oven kind of thing on the uh, stovetop. Yep. Yeah. Huh. In fact. Some, okay. Some, uh, oh, cool. Yeah, no, this is a, say a, a nice great, great program. Really, really, really love the program tonight. Hey. And uh, uh, you know, last thing I would say is, uh, yeah, new material science, better uh It's that's that's got to be the path forward. All
0: thanks, right. guys. Hey, thanks for the call. Good
4: night.
0: Well, let's see if line five is working. Hey, looks like line five didn't get a dial tone. You're live on the air.
3: Uh, I've got a question for Chad about uh, net metering with PG&E and the Clean Power, and I'll take the answer
0: off the air. Uh, but don't go off the air, because it might be more complicated than that. Hang on. So what's your question? Well, you know,
4: PG&E seems
0: to be kind of... Oops, you're breaking up. Get your head back in the same PG- location.
4: PG&E seems to be pushing back on net metering. Oh, definitely. So where is Sonoma Clean Power on that issue, and how is it how out case with PG&E for residential customers?
0: Wow, we could barely understand that. Okay, maybe you should take the answer off the air. Uh, do you have a, a a good summary of of how net metering works with Sonoma Clean Power combined with PG&E? Yeah.
2: I'm not the expert on net metering for our agency, but I can put you in contact with that person. However, I do know that, uh, you know, it's it's not exactly uh, black and white in that scenario. Uh, we are supportive in the net metering customers. I am a net metering customer myself.
1: And, and for those um, who don't, who don't also, know, that's
0: solar feeding back to the grid.
2: Yes, that's people who have solar. Uh, and they they are, uh, you know, there there is there's a... With that metering, or well, with with solar customers like myself, is that it's it's kind of like driving EVs on the road. You still need to pay a certain percentage to help pay for the road itself. And solar customers aren't paying their fair portion of what the infrastructure costs to travel the energy back and forth. And so there needs to be probably be a little bit of an increase or a scaled up increase to help pay their portion of the infrastructure. But it shouldn't be a full out what pg wants to do to pay for um, all of their other um, things that are trying to pay for in their infrastructure piece, um, uh, and that, that could include bankruptcies and fires and all that other fun stuff to combine. Just to try to make that up right now and that metering is not, not, not
0: fair, not fair. So, no. there's
2: uh, so legislatively, we're on support of that, but we uh, of uh, fi- uh, fighting it, but at the same time, we know that there needs to probably be a little bit of a give to help pay for the infrastructure from the solar customer. So, it won't exactly be the same going forward, but yeah. it, it should be. Same thing with electric vehicles there probably should be uh, an electric uh, per mile tax to, or to something. Electric vehicles, yeah, to, to pay back and, and make sure the roads can stay in good condition.
0: Yep. Yep. Alright, let's take another call. Hello, Collier, you're live on the air. Great,
4: hey, thanks for taking it. Oh, Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay, great. Um, my question has to do with the marketing techniques from the companies that are on your showroom floor. Is It, it just seems to me that you're doing like some of the marketing for them is this because of the initial sticker shock of uh, other um appliance sales places or is it just that uh um we're too rural to see these type
1: of appliances
2: Uh, great great question Uh, I'll, i'll give you a couple answers one Some of those brands are so new and emerging technology types that they don't really have a marketing plan. And so we're trying to assist them to come and and open up their market into our community and become a competitive uh, product in our community to help drive the prices down. Um, And so that's why we don't supply or showcase one product or one brand. We try to put multiple brands of every product side by side. Um, We're also assisting... uh, brands just to be uh, to participate in something that's never been done before and getting these vendors to participate has not been the easiest thing. And our marketing team has done a great job of making it creative and attractive to draw in the average individual. It is so hard to sell water heaters. They are not attractive. People don't go into a store just to look for water heaters. You're oh,
0: they're so it. sexy.
2: So, yeah, they're <laughs> so, I, I actually <laughs> use that word. It's not, they're not sexy. So there's a way to just draw people in and, and talk about what is important to them. And then if it turns out that, that it turns out that they need to switch out their water heater, then it's there to talk about the most important thing they can do in their home. But uh, that's why we have the electric vehicles. We'll have displays about e-bikes and our e-bike program. We'll talk about evergreen and just, we have a whole section of just simple solutions for renters that if you're a renter and you needed to get off of your gas oven, how do you do that? And maybe it's air fryers and Instapots. And so uh, we really try to find different ways to reach every individual. Um, that's possible, and and know that all of those appliances and it looks really fancy and nice, and we we've, we've worked hard on getting these brands to participate and and put together a, a fancy showcase room, but for the low income customer, people who are income qualified, almost all of those appliances in that advanced energy center are free to them. So wow. that for income qualified, we we've, we've staggered the incentives to cover the cost of the equipment completely.
0: That's outrageous. How low of an income does a household have to be to get to that level?
2: Well, we're a public agency, and we're so flexible in that that we'll accept any type of income qualification, whether it's from Social Security, whether it's from housing, whether it's from, um, you know, you, you name it. If it's a, if it's an income qualification, come to us and, and, and make that case, and we'll, we'll, we'll work with you to try to get you what you need to, to live on a more efficient lifestyle. So I
4: have one more question before I leave. Um I noticed that Ukiah was not part of um, the government uh, deal that was going on. I'm not sure I didn't quite catch that part of the conversation. But
0: you, Ukiah is its own municipal utility. It's and that was my question. Their own power
4: provider,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. And they oh, they're
2: their own you. power provider, but they work well with us. And any of their customers, anyone in Ukiah, should still come down to the Advanced Energy Center because what you'll learn there about what to put in your home and then to work with. Uh, on what programs they might have available. Plus, we teach about other programs in the area that might be available. Just uh, recently, there was a a tech program that incentivizes multi-thousand dollars for these equipment. So we'll teach you about that as well um, at the Advanced Energy Center. Cool.
0: Thank you. All right. Thanks for the call.
2: Uh, One thing that's pretty interesting, Uh, if you notice that I'm, I'm teaching that our company is invested in getting into our community appliances and vehicles that really are more and more efficient to lower their energy use um, and it's a weird model to be a part of a company that is trying to uh, have our customers use us less and less
0: Oh that um, can
2: really fun, fun
0: to be a part of in the early days of solar when it was all off-grid and ridiculously expensive we had to be experts at efficiency because if people did them the standard way most Americans did them they couldn't possibly afford an off-grid solar system yeah but okay, we have a patient caller waiting in the wings. Hello, caller, you're live on the air. Hello,
4: thank you for taking my call. I am delighted to hear about uh, hot water being a form of energy storage. Uh, I have just a really basic question is how many gallons of hot water does this system store during daylight hours now, I would- and I think i first I have to really total credit to photovoltaic hot water because it works when it's ice cold outside and nice and blue uh where any kind of thermal hot water doesn't i think it's the, the way of the future well, but anyway how his, many how many gallons not, that i'm going to hang up
0: his is a heat pump yep
4: yeah but it, the, he talked about in terms of storage
0: yeah right? yeah energy
4: yeah. storage yep Yep. i i
2: can not that so uh they come in different sizes. There's a 40, 60, 80 gallon, and they even have a commercial size. So you can get a larger tank, uh, water heater if you needed for that. Um, but yeah, they, they function better than your normal water heater. So when you're used to a 60 gallon tank and you think that that's what you need to survive off from, you might see that a 40 gallon heat pump water heater would work for you because it's more efficient. Um, and so that's something that's kind of shocking to most people who, who experience the heat pump water heaters that, Goes longer.
0: Um, well, you. How big are the systems you were talking about that were, uh, you know, for the space heating and and AC and water heating all in one unit?
4: Oh, those
2: are. Uh, they, again, they can use a buffer tank up to whatever size tank you need, depending on the system and the home and what you're trying to, to cool down. But they are uh, the, the unit we showcase there is a CO2 unit. So. Uh, for the gentleman who wanted to remove uh, mechanics off of his equipment, it's a CO two unit. Uh, it has an outdoor unit that's similar to an air conditioning unit, where you, you it's the chiller, and then along a the little small PEX line, it runs the coolant to cool down the water heater. But it is a heat pump water heater, and it uses CO two. So it has no refrigerant in it, and that is probably the best water heater for the end of the life. So at the end of the life, when you have to throw it away in the landfill, that can go back in the landfill when other water heaters cannot. So the fact that this is this uh, already great system for the environment in that case, plus it's the the best system to fit into the hydronic system where it can heat and cool the air of your home as well by just hooking an air handler to it, it, it's really impressive.
0: I didn't even know they could use CO2 in a in a chiller. Yeah. We just had a caller who rang a few seconds. There they are back, or a new one. Hello, caller, you're live on the air.
4: Oh, uh, electric vehicle, if you're trying to use your computer or something through the universe, uh what do they have on that t- system to uh, start charging the battery back up while you're using that? Do they have anything like that going on?
0: To recharge the battery of the electric vehicle?
4: Yeah, so you're not just using all the juice out of the vehicle. Um, like, when you're running your uh, internal combustion engine, it's going to recharge the battery mm, right. while you're using your device. What do they have like that electric vehicle? In uh,
0: unless discussion? it's a plug-in hybrid, I don't think they do. Chad, do you have... So, it's, so you could run it down well, I, and end up empty, yes, if you're not paying attention.
4: Yeah, yeah, well, those, those,
2: car can... ba- those car batteries are very, very powerful. Um, a, a home yeah. battery that you see, that the, the Tesla Power Pack and some of the home batteries, they can last you a day running your systems, like your refrigerator, and running even heating and cooling systems for a full day. So that's a lot of power you're using for those. Your computer very, uses very little power compared to what those systems use. Your car okay, is good, four to good six <laughs> times more powerful than the home. Your, your car is four times more has more storage, four to six times more than your home battery would have. So it can last four or five or so many days. I mean, we, we tested one internally. It lasted a week uh, of energy off of the car battery. So it, it, they're a lot more uh, longer-lasting than you think. Yes, it, they run for hundreds of miles, and that's it, because you're pushing a, a large vehicle hundreds of miles. Um, but that, that's where the battery can use itself up. All
4: right, great. Uh- Any kind of meter meter so you can see what the battery's doing?
0: Oh, yeah. They've all got great meters.
4: Actually, they'll connect to your phone and you
2: can see it on your phone through that. (laughs) Oh, excellent.
0: All right. Thanks. Sure enough. Bye bye. All right. Well, we're. Coming down to the wire here, i uh, got time for a few more calls, 895-2448, if you want to join the Renewable Energy Hour, and ask Chad Essie, uh, Director of Sonoma Clean Power's Advanced Energy Center, and, and maybe you should uh, put in a plug for, for your heat pump class that's coming up on the, what was it, the 27th?
2: Yeah, again, well, it's a partnered class with the County of Sonoma's Energy and Sustainability Department, so we teach classes. We also partner with everyone, even PG&E classes you'll see on our class list because we want to get you the information you can uh, available to you. Uh, But this class is an online class. It's Understanding Residential Heat Pumps for HVAC and Water Heating, July 27th at 1130. You can go on our advancedenergycenter.org website, and you can find it under the Education Hub, and you can register there or you can contact the county of Sonoma. Um, no matter where you live in Sonoma or Mendocino County, you're available to this class, and it's taught by a, a gentleman who wrote the book uh, 1. For, uh, HVAC 1.0. Um, he's a really renowned uh, HVAC expert who's licensed in multiple states and has like 30-plus years of HVAC experience. Yeah. Uh, so really great guy to learn from on, on what heat pumps are really about.
0: Excellent. Well, let's, let's take one last call. Hello, patient caller. You're live on the air.
4: Hey, great, thanks. I'll take my uh, answer off the air. Do you guys still recommend that we spend the money to set up for net metering? Thank you.
0: Um, uh, I would, yes. <laughs> there wasn't much to the yeah. question, but uh, I would. I think his his he's probably concerned about uh, potential changes coming down from the CPUC coming up. Uh, there's
2: still... Yeah, I think... I think it's a lengthy battle uh, between the CPC and that on this item. It's going to take a while. I'm also hoping they grandfather people who are already invested, in, and some people had uh, financial investments based on the return of investment package that they were given at that time. And it'd be difficult to change that without mm-hmm. having some kind of uh, slower scale back in you know payment back into the what is the normalcy. But new projects coming forward could change. So I was in the belief of. I'm going to get into it as soon as I can and so that's why I put solar on my home this last winter uh was just to try to get into this before things start to change. Um I also hope I'm very hopeful that legislatively we'll get uh some leniency in microgridding and becoming yeah. more yeah. self-reliant. And so if I have a, a a couple EVs and a good battery at home plus Solar. I'm hoping that I can become more and more self-reliant and not even have to live off of the grid or worry about the rates that PG&E and others could cause on me. So.
0: All right. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna play a little music before uh, Jamie Roberts comes on with Radio and I just wanna well, let's
1: let's hit the website one more yeah. time. though.
0: It's yeah. No, I'm so- just warning that we're at the end. Uh, but yes, what's the website,
1: Alex? It's SPC Advanced Energy Center.org. Sonoma Clean Power Advanced Energy Center dot org. really fascinating yeah
2: S- SCP. SCP Advanced
1: Energy Center dot
0: org. All right. And check it out. Lots of great information. Check it out online, and if you get down to Sonoma County, Santa Rosa Fourth Street, check it out in person. Hey, thanks for spending yeah, the it's
2: time awesome with to us. say hi. Thank you as well.
1: Hey, take care.